Hi there, my name is Min, and I'm a tiny Vietnamese book, movie, and overall fiction lover. Welcome to the Mini Bookworm Podcast, where I give my honest mini reviews on books, comics, or TV shows that I've enjoyed recently. If you've just finished a book or series that you have lots and lots of feelings about, or if you're looking for some fun literary and media recommendations to delve into, then hopefully this podcast will be the place for you. Hi, bookworms and casual listeners. Welcome back to the mini bookworm podcast. And this week, we are going to be doing a little something different. So if you tuned in to last week's episode, you'll know that I kind of mentioned bringing on friends and guests to kind of discuss the books and movies and comics and fan fiction that I'll be reviewing on this podcast with somebody else. And so that feels a little bit more interactive, a little bit more fun, a lot more dynamic, and it won't just be me talking to myself, basically. Um, And so this week, we're actually going to do that. I will be discussing Alice in Borderland, which is a Netflix show that I've been really obsessed with recently with a really great friend of mine and she's actually the wonderful person who has helped me so much with this podcast and its aesthetics and its art and its logo but we'll get into that a little bit later. For now I kind of want to introduce this new format where I kind of invite a special guest but still try to have my review. So any week that I'm reviewing something and also inviting a special guest, I'll be splitting the episodes into two parts. So part one will just be me and my review, and that way I kind of give as little spoilers as I possibly can, um, and hopefully that is kind of just acts as more of a like a hook, right, to kind of get you maybe interested, maybe a little bit intrigued by the idea of what I'm talking about and reviewing. And then part two is where I'll be having my special guest. And that way you kind of get more in-depth analysis, um, kind of uh, interactive conversation about how potentially two people differently thought about the same book or movie or comic. Um, And so hopefully that will give you a lot more detail um, and only if you choose to because those will tend to be a lot more spoilery and a lot more um, detailed. So, you know, if you choose to uh, listen to those episodes, then probably um, you either already read or watched um, what we recommended um, or you just don't really care about the spoilers and just want to listen, in which case you're totally welcome. Um, So that will kind of be the structure of the episodes going forward if I do have a special guest. Um, And if I don't have a special guest, then it'll just be me uh, reading up my review. And so for this week, like I kind of mentioned earlier, we are discussing Alice in Borderland, a Netflix show that is also an adaptation of a manga by the same name. And so by saying like adaptation of a manga, I kind of hope that that and gives you a little bit of context, a little bit of like, I don't know, like background into what the show might be like. It's very gritty, super dark, um, 
very uncompromising and like really relentless um um gave me a lot to think about um but it had a lot of everything really had suspense thriller action you know like maybe some hints of romance if you like really squint but you know that's definitely not the main part of this series also like some really cool action scenes really interesting and like complex mind games and puzzles for those of you who might be like into a kind of like mystery crime solving type novels that might be a draw um and yeah and so i really enjoyed watching the show i know that i've talked to some other friends who didn't like it as much and i also know that this might not be everyone's cup of tea but i do recommend it overall um and so here is my review my own review my personal review with only me talking about it um about why i personally really enjoyed alice in borderland and why i would recommend it to you so without further ado here is my review of alice in borderland it's not that rare as we think to have our lives in danger. Accidents, after all, happen when you least expect them. An unfortunate car crash, a simple misstep into the wrong place at the wrong time. And there is, of course, the matter of disease and pandemics, like the COVID-19 outbreak that the world has been dealing with for over a year now. But I would say that a majority of us don't feel like our mortality is constantly hanging on a thread balancing on a precarious knife's edge that can split us open or plummet us down into oblivion at a moment's notice. Many of us, myself included, haven't had the experience of having to fight tooth and nail to remain breathing, if only for a moment longer. So, if we are faced with the question, what will you do for survival, or better yet, what are you willing to trade for survival? Will we actually be able to answer? The answer to this morbid question of what different people may do when stuck between certain death and the risk of losing something vital in exchange for the slimmest chance at life is exactly what Alice in Borderland, a Netflix original series directed by Shinsuke Sato, provides. Adopted from a manga created by Haro Aso, Alice in Borderland follows Ryohei Arisu and his two friends, Chota Segawa and Daikichi Karube, who jokingly hide from the police in a train station's bathroom stall only to come out into an alternate version of Tokyo nicknamed The Borderland, in which they must compete in ridiculous, twisted games or be killed by omniscient, unforgiving lasers. This new world has no explanation, no handy manual, or cheat guide, and even worse, no end in sight. You either win a game and get an extra few days of peace, or you are automatically and coldly eliminated. What I found personally fascinating about Alice in Borderland is the way that it explores the psychology of human beings when pushed to the brim. The series name echoes the famous work by Lewis Carroll, Alice in Wonderland, where sensibility is eschewed completely and badness is considered quotidian. But even with this contextual framework of abnormality in mind, the parallel reality that Arisu and his friends stumble into is so fictional 
and so fantastical that it stretches the borderlines of the imagination into the territory of petrified disbelief, making it a universe that the characters don't even have the scope of mind to fully comprehend, let alone acclimate to and thrive in. As a little sneak peek into what the show entails, the games that people have to participate in the Borderland are each based on a playing card in a typical 52 card deck. The four suits signify specific categories of games, and the higher the number of the card, the more difficult the challenge. These games require you to not only have to make it through the end, through luck or skill or sly machinations, but also to have to witness the endless deaths of others and to acknowledge that each life lost in the games was one that helped you come one step closer in its own sick way to victory. Given a setup like this, many players enter the borderland only to perish instantly. But unlike those who become immediate fodder or those who refuse to participate after a few games, only able to handle so much trauma and bloodshed, our main set of characters learn to adapt to the horrors of this lethal Tokyo. Some do it as a necessity, going into battle with tenacity and a healthy dose of desperation. Some find escape in fantasies of normalcy, in parties and hookups and overindulgences that help them forget the grim truth that they have to face. Some actually blossom, becoming leaders and terrorizers, whereas before they wouldn't have had the same breeding ground for their obsession with power and violence. Each character has their own set of motivations, whether it be a goal that drives them to complete vicious game after vicious game at every expense, waiting for the light at the end of the tunnel, or a tragic background that leads to the development of disconcerting tendencies in this universe's bizarre conditions. By allowing the audience to peel back the multi-textured layers of these characters and witness as they get shaped and warped and transformed by the atrocities committed in the borderland, the show pushes itself beyond entertainment into a mind-bogglingly complex study of human nature that will leave you haunted for days. Another element of Alice in Borderland that drew me in from the get-go is the way in which the show deals in mystery and hopelessness. For a little bit of context, one of my favorite series ever and the trilogy that really nurtured my love for English novels is The Hunger Games. The premise of The Hunger Games is that the games are a sort of survival show in which 24 teenagers between the ages of 12 and 18 are put in an arena together and required to kill each other until only one is left standing. I read The Hunger Games when I was in 6th grade, and at the time, I thought the books were dark. Then I discovered that The Hunger Games were inspired by a manga called Battle Royale, with a similar children fighting to the death concept, and decided to give that a read. I soon realized that the level of darkness between Hunger Games and Battle Royale was like comparing a kitten to a wild jaguar. Reading Battle Royale left me feeling perpetually disturbed and unsettled, with the goriness of the illustrated deaths mixing with the shadowy, despairing, and depraved corners of the characters' minds into an often nauseating concoction. Alice in Borderland left me as shaken and disoriented at 20 
as Battle Royale had left me at 12. Japanese writers and artists are truly masters of the macabre, and Alice in Borderland is no exception. With The Hunger Games, the protagonist's romance brought some levity to the novels. Battle Royale's own take on romance, though less prominent, and the fact that the main characters were fighting their classmates, people their own age, people who they could put a face, no matter how bloodthirsty and unfeeling to, helped give the protagonist a more than fair fighting chance. But in Alice in Borderland, Arisu and his group are up against a system that can single-handedly eradicate every citizen in the borderland almost like a brutal futuristic god. So why doesn't it kill everyone on the spot? What is the point of toying with people's lives? Who can be so powerful and so sadistic at the same time? These are questions that come up again and again, questions our main characters wish painfully to know so that they can regain some hope of breaking free from this nightmarish world. Additionally, whereas The Hunger Games and Battle Royale are more action-based series, Alice in Borderland is focused more on suspense and keeping the audience guessing how this alternate reality came to be and if there's any way out and how much the characters will have to sacrifice before they finally make it. And the clincher is, whether or not our protagonists make it is not guaranteed at all. Season 1 leaves off promising continued massacre in Season 2 with no end in sight for Orisos and his friends' torment. Viewers may watch Season 2 and not get the resolution they expected. That is actually, in my opinion, a distinct possibility. Yet, I still fully expect to keep going with the show even if the series ending doesn't satisfy me. The mystery of who is behind it all and the idea that there may be worse games left in store for the protagonists are enough to have beguiled me completely. I will be the first to say that Alice in Borderland is not for everyone. Even though I can stomach gore, the senselessness of the deaths in the show was truly terrible to watch. But if you're not faint at heart, like your shows with clever plot lines and lots of mystery, and or are interested in the extreme spectrums of people's behavior and existential examinations of human morality under the threat of death, then this is the show for you. Now, there was a little bit of a spoiler in my review, somewhere in the point where I'm kind of discussing the four suits and what, uh, and what categories that they signify for the games. So, here is that spoiler, so if you don't want to listen to it, then maybe mute yourself during this part. So, spoiler ahead, the spade cards in the show require teamwork, the diamond cards test intelligence, clubs demand physical prowess, and hearts earn their reputation as the most difficult category by invoking betrayal and mental and emotional manipulation. And. That is the end of my review of Alice in Borderland. Hope you found that interesting. Hope it maybe inspired you for your next Netflix binge. I really did think that this was a supremely bingeable show because it's only 8 episodes and each episode is around 45 to 50 minutes. So I think totally doable maybe over a weekend 
or you know a couple of nights where you don't have a project or like homework due um so yeah if you do check it out please um maybe like email me or comment on anchor there's like a message function that you can do um if you enjoyed the show or not like what your thoughts are and and maybe if you do watch it or have already watched it then you will enjoy part two of this Alice in Borderland series which I will be doing with my lovely darling friend so hopefully you stay also for the next part and I'll see you then bye